0: Welcome to the Talking With Tata podcast. I'm your host, Andy Schneider, also known as Tata. I'm really excited for you all to listen to today's podcast with Olivia Oshre Shapiro. Some of you may know her from her sisters, Claudia Oshre and Jackie Oshre, also known as Jackie O and Girl With No Job. They are also the host of the Toast podcast. One thing that you're going to learn about Olivia which should be fairly obvious just from her page and just social media in general, is she is family first. And I think that's something that a lot of our Tata listeners really can agree with and relate to. One thing that we also talk about is just the privacy of social media. She has two children, a daughter and a son, and this is something that is extremely important for her. She's in the public life, and her sisters are as well. She has three other sisters, and she is the oldest of four sisters. She talks about family dynamic and really keeping her children and their faces off of social media in general, and I think that's something that people have a lot of mixed opinions on. Do you show your children? Do you not show your children? You know, you want to... Portray this picture of a perfect family, or maybe you just want to show them on your page. And what Olivia talks about is her children didn't ask for this. And until they are at the age that they want to be shown, She will be keeping their faces out of the public eye. I
1: understand the double edged sword that is social media. And, like, to be honest with you, like, I don't always have the strongest, toughest skin Mm -hmm. to be receptive to whatever shit is thrown my way. And I just
0: wanted to protect my kids from that. What she really talks about is just growing up with three sisters and how everyone has a different personality. And it's okay not to compare to one other sibling or maybe three other siblings. Something that I would love for you all to take away. from this is don't compare your children, right? So one children might start walking at eight months or talking at 12 months, and the other might be a little bit behind. 16 months. It really doesn't matter. Do not compare your children. Everybody is completely different. Just as a reminder, each episode we are going to do Tata's tip of the week. And today's tip of the week is limiting the number of questions you ask your child. And we've talked about this before, really trying not to just spit a bunch of questions at your t- child. What color is this? What's her name? What's my name? It's very overwhelming. And if your child is either not yet speaking or only saying one or two word phrases, that's something that might not come that easy to them. Instead of asking a thousand questions, leave it open-ended. I see a blank. So more as asking as like a fill in the blank statement. Wait a few seconds. I see the bottle is, and then they would either say the color, big, small, whatever you're saying. Instead of saying, say this, or what is this, you can substitute with a fill in the blank. I see a blank. The cow says, and then wait three to four seconds. You can even make your lips into the M, Mm. or even start off the sound. So if you want your child to say what sound a cow makes, you would do the lips together for the M, Mm. And then let them say moo. And if you wait four seconds, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, if they still don't say it, the cow says moo. Or you can even say the cow says oink. Is that right? Does the cow say oink or moo? The cow says and see if they will finish it. So today's tip of the week is going to be start with fill in the blank rather than bombarding your child with too many questions at once. And now let's jump right into today's podcast. I am very excited to welcome Olivia Ashray Shapiro to the Talking With Tata podcast. Welcome. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So I've been following you for way too many years. I'm a big fan of yours, I'm a big fan of your family, I love all of you. You're someone who really manages to just do it all in my opinion. You have two kids, you are extremely close with your sisters, you're thriving professionally. I really just want you to kind of start us off here. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background.
1: Yeah. Well, one, thank you so much for having me. Any, you know, fan of the fam is good a with fan. me. My name is Olivia,
0: obviously. And
1: I think, you know, for me, I just have always kind of embodied this big sister element because I am the oldest of my sisters who everybody knows. And they're, you know, obviously the most amazing people on earth. I think yes. everybody would agree. The oldest um, of, of four. The fam. oldest of four, four girls. Now I'm a mom of two. And I, you know, my whole life I've just naturally been this kind of like, we make jokes and call it like momager, but that yeah. really really is like my personality like I'm that way in my friend group I'm that way professionally I'm that way with my family like I just love to kind of like take care of people and bring them into the fold so I don't really know like what I'm known for other than being my sister's big sister but I could just be anybody's big sister so I'll be everybody's big sister
0: no but and this is something I always think of you and by the way my sister and I are both huge fans but you're kind of the soundboard for everyone yeah it seems as though even just on your Instagram the tips you give people I'm not sure if you realize you're actually giving tips to people but you are um, I know. and it comes naturally yeah, you know, I
1: guess I I only recently actually started realizing that mm-hmm. because I, I took a little bit of time kind of like off social media, not entirely, but less. And I think now that I'm kind of more in my groove as like, you know, a working mom and a, just a person in the world, yeah. I realize like how people react to my content. And for me, it's kind of just like everyday stuff. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, wow, people are interested in this. Right. Let me just share it broadly. And, you know, like you definitely kind of like feed off of that community and element and how people respond to you and you respond to them. And so it's been really great actually opening up my life a little bit more on social Mm -hmm. media than I traditionally had, but I appreciate it. I love everybody's always like, I love your recipes. And I'm like, is it a recipe? All right. Hair serum. But it's like, you know, at the end of the day, like I am a person like anybody else that like I went balls in the back of my head. I need to cook dinner for my family. You know, like I just feel like because I'm Relatable. Yeah, and and maybe I'm not like trying to say that I'm relatable, but it's just like I'm just doing the everyday thing. Right. And I'm not trying to be anything but who I am.
0: I love that. So, start us off a little bit. Where are you from? Let's go through a little bit of just your childhood.
1: Yeah. So, I'm from New York. I grew up on Long Island. Um, moved to the city for high school. I was in the city for a very, very long time. I actually went to NYU. Like, I'm city through and through, as mm-hmm. I always You're say. You're a New Yorker. I'm a New Yorker. Thirty years, um, and then I moved down here to Florida a year and a half ago, um, which has been absolutely amazing. I think you know, I just. I'm a very different person than I was when I was in my 20s in New York, you know, Um, and now just being a mom, I just I kind of craved something different. The pandemic brought it out of me, but also being a mom brought it out of me. I just wanted a slower you know quieter more a different quality of life Mm -hmm. and I just knew that the city wasn't going to be the place for me to experience that and I think then because of the pandemic the tri-state area just became so expensive and just to some extent unattainable that Mm -hmm. I was like okay well then this is not the right environment for me right now so when we made the move to Florida it was always like okay we can treat this like a five-year experiment yeah I don't think it's a five-year experiment. I think I'm gonna be here for the long yeah. haul. But I definitely I'm acclimating. I mean, listen, I'm still wearing like black shirt. <laughs> you are in like, black I'm not black. acclimated that bad, but yeah, you know, it's 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 a great quality of life, especially for kids. And mm-hmm. honestly, like as I said, I'm not the same person that I was. Like my life is for my kids now. So like if they're thriving here, which they are, like that's all that matters to me.
0: Yeah. Look, I'm born and raised in Miami. I went to high school in Fort Lauderdale so I'm used to all this you know I moved to New York after college for about 9 years 10 years um but for me I didn't really picture myself coming back to Florida but I'm also a different person here it's a relaxed lifestyle and you know growing up I could go to the beach I could go to the pool my yeah. backyard was just like running around um I think you know what you said is kind of like you're living for your kids now and I think it's Just something that people maybe, I don't know if they don't get to experience it in New York. There's just a different feeling down here. Totally
1: different feeling down here. And I think, like, just being able to just go outside whenever. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not necessarily a warm-weather girly. But, like, (laughs) for the kids, you know, like, go on the swing, go on the slide, like, run around, be in the grass. And it's, like, you can't compare it to anything else. Even, like, in New York, right? Like, you have, like, Central Park and you have all these amazing things. And it's, like, but it's just not the same. There's just something about the sunshine. Also, like, I really firmly believe that, like, vitamin D is so good for the soul, like mental health wise. Like you just wake up every day, you see like sunshine, it beats down on your face and like, it's kind of magical a little bit where it's like, you just, your day starts off like light, bright and airy. And I feel like when I was in New York, you know, Yes, like the light came through the windows and whatnot, but mm-hmm. especially having lived there for the past couple of years during the pandemic, like it, you just didn't get that same vibe anymore. I felt very, I'm not a claustrophobic person, mm-hmm. but like, you know, just like hunkered down. We were both working from home in a small apartment, raising like, you know, a newborn to a one year old. And it's yeah. like. Just not a way of life, it wasn't a way of life for me. Yeah, for some people it
0: might be, but. Totally.
1: It just, it wasn't for me. So, you know, people always ask me all the time, like, about my life in Florida. And it's like, listen, if you're considering it, I would just say go for it because what I, the way that I positioned it for myself was like, you can always go back.
0: Yeah, right. It's not permanent. It's not, nothing is permanent. Yeah. Yeah. So then, so tell us a little bit about your childhood, born and raised in New York. So, one of four sisters. What is that like?
1: I mean, it's the best thing ever. I also like don't know anything different, you know? So my sisters are my best friends. Whoever is like friends with the sisters, friends with like, we just have this like web of amazing people around us. Um, And as I said before, you know, I'm just like, I'm big sister vibes. Like I'm always going to be that way. That's how I am because that's how I was raised. It's just for me, like family over everything. Like Mm -hmm. that's how I live and breathe my life and how like I am you know, starting this next generation of my family, like knowing, um, you know, that you put family above everything else. So, you Absolutely. Know, a lot of, you know, we're sisters, we do the sister thing. Right. Yep. Um, but I think because between the four of us, there's six years total, we're just, we are extremely, extremely close. And, you know, I've lived with Jackie, I've lived with Margo. Like, we just have all kind of, like, intertwined our lives together. Obviously, Jackie and Claudia are in business together. Mm-hmm. It's just. That's we, how it should be. We wholeheartedly rely on each other for yeah, everything. That's yeah, that's
0: me and my sister. I mean, she's two years older. Yeah. I followed her to college, high school, college, camp, you name it, yeah. to Florida, now down here and, like, Like I told you before, I have a car seat in my car for her three daughters. You You know, it's just her life is my life. My life is her life. I get it. And I appreciate that. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here is because of your sister dynamic and just the family, the importance of family. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think, listen, family is what you make it right. Like everybody has their version of family. For me, my family is my family. And it's just so important to have a strong support system Mm -hmm. around you and like, at the end of the day, like there's that unconditionalness that you can't get with anything else that you can be your full self and you can like act a fool and do stupid things and people will forgive you and just like always have somebody to like rely on and count on because they know who you truly are like deep, 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 deep down. And I think like that to me is like what's the most specialness about family is just like no matter what happens in life, like they're just always there and Mm -hmm. I think like in this world where everything is very like uncertain all the time to have something that is so strong that to me is like the core of what grounds Mm -hmm. me so you guys were always close growing up we were always close I mean There's different pockets of like people being close at different times. Um, You know, there's like me and Jackie were like really close as kids, and then it was Jackie and Claudia, and then it was me and Margo, and it was Claudia and Margo. Like it's just it kind of like changes. Yeah. But we all went to school together. We all went to camp together. Only Claudia and I went to college together. Well, actually, this Claudia and I went to college together, and Claudia and Margo then went to college together. Okay, because the three of us went to NYU, and I was a senior when Claudia was a freshman, and I think Claudia was a senior when Margo was a
0: freshman. (laughs) And so Jackie, she took that role of being the older yeah quote, but older we were sister. all in the city so right. like
1: you know and I think at the time that margot I, I don't Honestly, like, everything is such a blur. I don't know about anybody else, but I have, like, I don't remember anything. Like, it's crazy. But we were living in the city. Yeah, Jackie would have graduated from college already. Jackie and I probably were living together while Claudia and Margo were at NYU together. Like, you know, like, it just kind of all always overlap. We were just all always together. We Mm -hmm. are always together, like, when we can be together. Jackie now lives here in Florida, so we're always together. Claudia's coming tonight. (laughs) Like, it's just, you know, as much togetherness time as we can, we just... We choose to spend time with each other.
0: Yep. And I think that's, you know, first of all, I think that's extremely important. But I always say that my parents are the reason that my sister and I are so close. That was their goal. And I think, you know, that's what I want to implement with my children. I'm assuming you do as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's just, it's always family over everything. You know, like your family will always be there for you. And that was always instilled in us from you know a young age it's like yeah of course like you have friends but friends can come and go your family is forever and ever and ever and ever and you know that's exactly how we are raising our kids to know that family is forever and and thankfully for us and we're just so blessed to have this but like for me family and like siblings like we always call Jackie's kids like cousin brother like it they're they're truly like siblings
0: yep yeah absolutely so you guys hang out during the day you let the kids hang out that's kind of like Their siblings right now. Yeah,
1: exactly. And like dinner time is like the most special time, I would say, for us. You know, growing up, we had dinner together every night. And so like that's something that's like so important. Mm -hmm. It's really important to me. It's also really important to my husband and to Jackie's husband. And obviously then to Jackie. So like dinner time is like we all we plan our day around dinner. What are we doing for dinner tonight? How are we getting together? Where are you cooking? Am I cooking? Are you ordering in? What do you want? How do you want to eat? Like it's like dinner is like. focal point of the day of that. Um, and yeah. And then that's why I just like share my dinners on social media. Cause it's like, it's my whole day revolves around dinner and I absolutely love it. Like I would never be mad about it, but, and then, you know, it's just kind of like opening up our home to like for Shabbat dinners and like, if people are in town, like making sure that like, you know, everybody can come and have a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. Like, You know, that time of day is just like the most special to just know that, you know, at the end of the day, when you wind down, no matter how busy your day is and anything that went on, like the family will always come together.
0: Absolutely. And I also love that you mentioned Shabbat dinner. I'm Jewish. I know you are. And I think, you know, for me, I am very proud of my religion. And I think the four of you really talk about it. And I appreciate that because most people don't. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're hiding it or they're just not as vocal about it, but I know you guys talk about the holidays. Passover is coming up. You yeah. know, to me, that's extremely important. So I yeah. love that you guys do that. Well, I mean, it's just
1: so core to who we are. You yeah. know, I think like at the end of the day, you know, we want to instill those values in our children. We want them to, you know, love like things like Shabbat and the holidays, like as much as we do. Yeah. I always think about, because I'm like a very kind of like existential sort of person, mm-hmm. but like think about all of like our ancestors that went to get here and it's like, okay, you need to embrace that and understand like why, you know, how, why, who, what, when, where, why, how we got to this place. And, you know, I think for me, uh, every night or every Friday night, I should say that like, we light the candles and eat a challah. It's just like, it's kind of like, you know, the passing on of all of that. So I just, I love it.
0: Yeah, and if you don't teach it, there's not going to be many people left to teach it, in my opinion. So 100%. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your career um, path. I know you've worked with podcasts, you've worked with social strategy. Can you kind of walk us through your timeline and what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, so my career is a crazy thing because I kind of just stepped into it. I, you know, as I mentioned, I went to NYU um, and I was actually taking the LSAT. I thought I was going to go to law school. That was like my path. I was a history major at NYU. NYU. I took the LSAT twice and I got the same score both times. And I did study really hard the second time. And to me that was kind of like, hmm, like maybe this isn't for me assigned. because like I'm I'm not getting any better at this. And right. you know, like I was not the type of person, like I don't play fucking mind games. Like I wasn't great at the standardized test. I'm like, yeah. I don't think the way these people think. Like yeah. I could rationalize every answer that I came up with that was the wrong fucking answer. <laughs> I don't know if I can curse. But, you can curse. Go ahead. Um. So I had start when I was at NYU, which was a great place to do this, it was all about, you know, people had internships. They had internships and internships because you're, like, in the, in the city, you're in college or in class, like, a couple hours a day or even, like, a couple days a week, yeah. not every day, and it's yeah. like, okay, what do you do with the rest of your time? There's no, like, campus. The city's your campus. I did a whole bunch of weird shit, <laughs> and I just was trying to, like, figure out, like, what was for me and, like, just make money and just put myself out there, and I actually wound up getting an internship at AOL. AOL at the time, like, owned the Huffington Post and TechCrunch, and, you know, a lot of people had associated it with dial-up, but it was really like a digital media conglomerate that owned a bunch of different you know, brands and websites, and then had an ad platform underneath it that, mm-hmm. and, and was doing, you know, really well, just spun off from Time Warner, this is like 2012, got an internship there. And a lot of people had said to me, you know, like, before you go to law school, make sure you get like real life work experience. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm getting real life work experience, because mm-hmm. I'm working at a publicly traded company, I'm barely going to school, because it's my senior year, I was there for like, you know, two classes. Yeah. <laughs> And from the day that I walked into AOL, I was like, I know that I want to be in this digital media space. I want to work here when I graduate. And I basically did everything that I could there to get hired upon graduation. Right. So when I did get hired, it was actually to run like the corporate AOL social. Um, and I did that for about a year, which actually had me go to a lot of like industry events and conferences, like things like South by Southwest and Can Lion, because like the company strategy and how we were, you know, actually amplifying that via social media
0: was so core to our presence there. Was that like Facebook at the time? Because Instagram, went did that, I guess 2012.
1: It was mostly Facebook. Okay. Um, it was uh, Twitter. Uh-huh. Twitter was like the big one because it was like live tweeting like panels and conversations and, you and did all those that. sorts of things. And I did that. Wow. Um, and it was funny because at the time it was like social media wasn't like a real job. Right. You know, like people don't work in corporate to work in social media. Now look at um, it. And it was and, and, and it's the same way now where people are like being a creator and, you know, knowing how to make and edit TikToks is like that is the skill set yeah. that like you want to have. But like 10 plus years ago, it was like You know, it took a little bit of buy-in of like explaining to people what you do for work. It's just easier to say like I work in marketing and tech or something like that. But I wound up then moving into like more of an events role. I managed those events. I did a lot of like more like B2B stuff at AOL, like client engagement and things that really helped them grow their advertising and and marketing side of the business. And then the CEO of AOL, I guess, (laughs) asked around one day, like, who are the best people at social media in the building? And at the time, my sister Jackie was working at the HuffPost and Claudia was an intern at AOL and we were all working there together. Now, again, if you listen to the beginning of this podcast, it's just like, this is who we Sisterhood. are. Yep. It just kind of like happened like that. It wasn't even like strategic or organized, but it was like, you know, they had an open position. I think I referred in my sister. Claudia was at NYU. She interviewed for an internship at AOL like I had done the yep. previous years. The CEO was like, if you guys could do anything, like what would you want to do? And my sisters were like, well, we want to have a morning show called The Morning Breath. And so. That's we, how it started? That's how it started. And we just, I sat there on the first day, like holding two phones, like one for Instagram wow. and one for Facebook. We went live and it just took off. And then since then, of course, my sisters have spun their show off. It's now the Morning Toast. It's like the number toast. one podcast. In, the Toast. Exactly. By the way, my the sister toast. and I Sorry. are,
0: <laughs> <laughs> we have not missed an episode since it was the breath. I, we are like that's ride amazing. or die fans. We are toasters. That's um, amazing. I've been to like the Dirty Jeans tour and everything. Oh so, my God. Unreal. To really make myself. Unreal. You know, I love it.
1: I love it. So, yeah, no, I was like in the trenches with my sisters in the beginning. We were figuring shit out. We built a budget like within this huge corporation. And obviously, they've built it into what it is today, which is just like honestly so unbelievable. You can just look out from the outside in, from the inside out. And I've since gone on to um, work more in the startup world with respect to marketing and communications. Okay. Um, But I've just kind of always been, like, behind the scenes girly, like, just making shit happen. Like, that is my personality. You're the mom. I'm the mom. I'm the momager. I'm the big sister. Like, that's how I said that's how I am in my personal life, my professional life. Like, people come to me and it's like, I'm the go-get-shit-done girl. And, like, that's how I love to operate. Like, Mm -hmm. I never was a person that's, like – really going to be, like, in front of the camera. It's just, like, not really my personality. And I think, like, that's why, you know, with social media, I've taken, like, time off social media, on social media, sometimes share stuff, not share It's, like, I'm not really, like, thrusting myself into the limelight. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just kind of, like, sitting in the background, like, just helping make stuff happen.
0: So you actually bring up a really good point, because on a personal note, I deactivated my Instagram yesterday, and not my Talking With Tata professional, but my personal one. I have really mixed opinions on just being in front of the camera. I have to do it for my business. It's not something that naturally comes natural to me. Right. I really have to make it a second job of like social media and really putting myself out there. I know that you do not share your your kid's face is. I yep. know that you're very private about that. What really led your decision of just keeping things more private?
1: Oh my goodness. Where do we begin? I mean, especially listen, with a very
0: public family. Yeah. So. I
1: think honestly, I think like that's the main reason behind okay. it. It's like, I have seen shit that most people will not see. Like I understand the double edged sword that is social media. And like, to be honest with you, like I don't always have the strongest, toughest skin mm-hmm. to actually be receptive to whatever shit is thrown my right, way. And I I just wanted to protect my kids from that. You know, I think one, my theory on it is, and again, everybody can do whatever they want. I support people wholeheartedly, but my kids didn't consent to being on social media, you know, and like one day when they can and they want to, like, we'll have that conversation and figure it out. So like, that's one. But two, my daughter was born in the early days of the pandemic. And for me, like that was... Well, one, I had had complications in that pregnancy mm-hmm. and she was in the NICU for a month and I I just like wasn't in the mental place to like, I didn't want to open up about it that much at that time. Yeah. I was kind of like more of a shell of myself, like just figuring out how to navigate all this and really worrying about everything. And I, I wasn't, I, I, I would not have been able to deal with people's opinions and thoughts and comments, like actually... Back then, like May 2020, I actually unfollowed like a shit ton of people. Like a lot of, you know, mommy blogger influencer type people. I found their content to be incredibly triggering. And I was like, you know, and I still even do this now. It's like, oh, that kid's older than my kid and they have more speech than mine. Or that kid's older than my kid. And look at how they run, jump. And I'm like. I don't want to be that person. I I also don't want anybody to like look at me that way. And it's like, oh, look at their kid. Oh, look at what they're doing. Like how wrong and how bad. I'm like, no, that's not like the vibe that I want to put out. I don't want anybody, you know, to obviously like look at my content and like feel a certain way. Right. The same way I don't want to look at somebody else's content and feel a certain way. So I think for my kids, it's one, they didn't consent. Two, I don't want to fucking hear people's comments about, like, how I'm raising my kids. Right, you held your child wrong. I don't want, I don't want, like, even, like, there's, like, such small things. Sometimes I show, like, in the background of something and the way people comment.
0: And I'm like, I'm not strong enough for this, you know? So And they expect you to be. That's something I notice. And I don't get much, like, hate mail. But yeah, I do have a few parents just commenting or sending a little bit of maybe nasty emails or whatever it is. Yeah. And I think people expect you to share, right? Maybe because of your sisters and they're sharing A little bit more. And I think people expect it from the four of you, right?
1: Yeah. And I think, honestly, the fact that we're not, I think, has maybe changed the way that some people think about, you know, like sharing or not sharing their kids on social media. I just think, ultimately, for me and for my family, it's the right decision and, I lose no sleep over the fact that I don't share my I think it's I, great. You know, I just, I think I would worry more about a lot of different things. Yeah. I also if I did put them out. A hundred percent, you know, just the comments, really. It just, it really takes a mental taxing toll. I admittedly, like, I'm not strong enough to deal with it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't. Nor am I, by the way. And I, I, you know, obviously, like, my family lives in the public eye. So, like, to some extent, we've, like, signed up for this. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, definitely taken a turn in the last couple of years where, mm-hmm. like, it's worse than ever before. And I just don't want to bring it into my life.
0: Yeah. I yeah. really think since maybe the pandemic, people were home bored. I don't know what it the is. The Keyboard but Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. yep. Yeah. And yeah. I just think people are, I don't know what it is, but yeah, people are looking to hurt people online. Yeah. Um, there's just something about it. And there's a lot of good that comes from social media. I'm not going to say it's all bad, but I do think, you know, I respect what you're doing. You also recently um, had a baby. I Congratulations. did. Congratulations. And it's so scary because it's like not even recent anymore. He's five months. And I'm like, how did that happen? I, you blank and that's you what happened. Like yep. it's so scary. Yep. And you know, first of all, you have to deal with motherhood, but you actually didn't announce that you were pregnant at all. No, I didn't.
1: But that's even like even in your question, like announce. Like yeah. we got to this place where it's like, how can we one up each other yep. on saying that we're having a baby? Yep. Or what the gender of the baby is or what the baby's name is. The it's photo like, shoot when you're pregnant. Um the photo shoot when the baby's yep. born and the monogrammed clothing and it's its just like, oh my goodness again, like the kids didn't sign up to be much good this way. yeah they just want to like sleep, eat, poop, move on, you yeah. know so they, yeah. yeah so did you do you did you feel healthier during your pregnancy just not sharing? It's so interesting. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I think, you know, this pregnancy was very different for me because, you know, when I moved to Florida is like when I started trying and I had gotten pregnant on the first try with my daughter, which I know is like absolutely unheard of. Mm-hmm. So I guess to some extent I thought it was going to happen that way again. It. Cause yeah. I'm like, Oh, maybe this is like how it is for me, which is not what happened. Mm-hmm. So, um, I actually wound up having a chemical pregnancy, which is, you know, basically just like a very early miscarriage. And it's just kind of this like weird mental thing to be like, one day and then not the next Mm -hmm. you know like you start like running through your head of all the things that are going to happen all the things you have to do and then it's like poof just like taken away from you and I think for me I just became really paranoid more so than normal because if you know anything about me I'm like a crazy paranoid person (laughs) and so when I did wind up finding out that I was pregnant again this time I was just very trepidatious the entire time and so the more time that went on and everything was like going okay like, the scareder and scareder I was, you know? Like, I just – I didn't want to, like, have some big announcement moment and then, like, God knows what's going to happen. Yeah. So for me, I just kept taking it day by day, like, really just, like, to some extent, like, waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, I was like, okay, when I get out of my first trimester, like, I'll tell people. When I get to 20 weeks, I'll tell people. And then it just kept getting to a place where I was just like, I don't know. Like, I just – it was going good. So I'm like, I don't want to fuck with anything, right. you know? So I just – I didn't, and by the way, it's not that I didn't tell anybody. Actually, like a lot of people knew that I was pregnant. I just was not vocal about it on social media and then obviously just was like, here's my baby. And I had a kid. <laughs> I had a kid and people were like, what? And yep. I'm like, yeah, it's just been me the whole time, pregnant. But, <laughs> and it's honestly impressive. Yeah, I, but again, I don't know if I would do that the next time. Right. It's just like, you know, I, I had preeclampsia with my daughter mm-hmm. and so you're at a, a higher rate to have preeclampsia the second time. So to be honest with you, I was just waiting to see like when the preeclampsia was going to strike, which was a big reason for why I didn't share, yeah. and I didn't wind up having preeclampsia in my second Interesting. pregnancy. Yeah. Is that common? I mean, I guess it's
0: less common. You, you know, have
1: preeclampsia it. is, like, one of the medical mysteries of the world. Like, they have no idea, like, why. Like, there's reasons why, maybe, but, like, they really don't know why people get it, how people get it, how it comes on, how you can prevent it, et cetera. But there's things, like, you can take, like, baby aspirin every day, and, you know, I was monitored more closely. And I also think, like, having a boy is very different on the body than having a girl. Like, with my daughter, I was sick for seven months. Like, I was throwing up. I was not well. Like, I was not okay. And, like, with my son, it was like a classic pregnancy. First trimester nausea. Mm -hmm. And then I was feeling great. Yep. And I was feeling great pretty much most of the time. So that's why I was just like scared, you know. You're and like, I, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And yeah. then with my daughter, the preeclampsia came on at thirty-one weeks. So like, you know, I kept, as I oh, said, wow. it was like first trimester, twenty weeks, maybe thirty-one weeks. Maybe, like, and just when I got to that place, and it was like, all right, let's just like let's go all the
0: way. Yeah. And so yeah. we went all the way. So, yeah. mom of two kids, how would you define motherhood? It's not oh, an easy. It's not an, an easy question. Easy question. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think motherhood is really about like bringing, like, all the best things about yourself and the way that you were raised into the next generation. I think, for me, like, being a mom is all about, like, all the, like, Bringing out the best qualities in me and then, like, hoping the little
0: ones become little versions Mm -hmm. of that. And do you think your childhood really inspired that? A hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Because I was, you know, as I said before, like, I've always just been super maternal. You Mm -hmm. know, I always have been taking care of everybody. I've always just had that, like, motherly instinct, like, just being in a big sister role like you are that. But at the same time, when I found out when I was pregnant with my daughter the first time, well, when I found out when I was pregnant with my daughter my first pregnancy, I... I kind of feel like I wasn't ready. You know, like people are like waiting for this moment to be ready. And I feel like for me, I've always been this very maternal person. Everybody knew I was always going to have kids. Always wanted to have kids. Like always wanted to be a mom. But then when I was pregnant, I kind of like wasn't ready. If yeah. you're just like not ready until it happens, yeah. and then it's like, poof, you magically know what to do. You have this mm-hmm. instinct of, you know, how to fix things and when you should do things and what's wrong and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. But yeah. I even still, as somebody who's like incredibly maternal, was, you know, like taking it day by day in my first pregnancy of like, what is this going to be? What is this going to bring? i yeah. ready for this. My whole life is going to change. And it does change. Your whole life changes, but it's like it's the best possible change because you've made this commitment to bring, you know, yeah. to bring a little being into the world. And so, yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, I obviously run this business with kids. I am an aunt to three girls, and I feel as though I was always the one – you know, it's funny, growing up, they always thought I would ha- be married with kids first. All of my friends, everyone was like, you're going to have 100 kids, you're going to be a great mom. And it's funny because I – what you said is exactly how I feel. I'm ready. I would love a kid today. I would love one yesterday. But are you ever really ready? No. You know? No, you're not. And right. you say that. And then
1: when you get, I, I, when the day that you're pregnant, I hope that you text me and you say, holy <laughs> shit, what the fuck? You know? Like, right. Because that's it, it becomes really real. Yeah. You know? But yeah. like all that stuff is so, such bullshit. Like I should be the first to do this on yep. this timeline. And it's like, as long as you're putting in the effort to get to where you need to go, then will happen for you. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I know that your sister Claudia has talked about it on the podcast. Like yeah. people kind of expect it she got married first. Right. And, you know, what if you're just not ready yet or yeah. what, if you, what if you just want to learn from, you know, your nieces and nephews? Totally. And my sister Claudia did get married early. So
1: like at the she had to then, you know, well, she was married in the time frame that we were all like single trying yeah. to figure it out, you know? Yeah. So I think everybody has to do what's best for them. And there's no like magic moment when you all of a sudden like, no, but I'm like, my, I've lived my whole life with the mantra that everything happens for a reason. Like mm-hmm. I just, that is who I am. I just think there, it all happens the way that it's supposed to. We're just all kind of like putting in the effort to get
0: there. So yep. Yeah. So do you have, let's say, and again, another hard question for you, but this is a Tata community of moms, parents, caretakers. Do you have any tips?
1: Oh, my goodness. Do I have any tips? And it could
0: just be tips on, you know, marriage and having kids or just raising two kids in the public eye. What? Do yeah, you... well, I will say,
1: one, having two kids is way harder than having one. Yeah. Like,
0: it's way
1: harder. Like, I don't think I realize, like... I thought it was going to be like one plus one equals two. And it's not. It's like one plus one equals a thousand. Yep. I would say, you know, one of the things you said in the beginning that I just always like, you know, the hair on the back of my neck goes up. Mm-hmm. is like this notion of having it all. Yeah. It's just such crap. Yeah. Like, and I, you know, if somebody can look at my social media or like think like, wow, she really does it all. And it's like, you just have no idea right. what people What's going are going on. through yeah. behind the scenes. One, I think two, like having it all, what does all mean to you? Right? Like. To me, having it all is, you know, I sleep every waking last minute that I possibly can, and I'm not getting up at, like, 7 a.m. and going for a run. You know, like, Same. there's just trade-offs, <laughs> yeah. you know? I you just, like, you, you have to define, like, what's in your all bucket and, like, what fills up your cup. Mm-hmm. But really, like, you're not ever going to be able to have it all. It's yeah. just not for real. I think it's just such a myth, and it's just a disadvantage to women everywhere because, mm-hmm. you know, you think you can be, like, this, like, C-level executive and this, like, amazing mom who makes dinner every night, is up with her kids and picks her kids up from school. And you can't, you, like, actually cannot do all of it. You just have to make choices on what are the things that you want to do and then, like, put it all together and, like, that's your bucket. That's your version of all. I think sometimes people are striving for, like, being able to check the box off on everything. And that is just not sustainable. I agree. Know? That's the
0: perfect – honestly, I agree with everything you just said. That's perfect advice for people. You know, what one person can do might not make you happy, and it's really just like – I guess it's really just not comparing yourself. Some people
1: actually like waking up at 7 a.m. and going for a run. It, like, clears that their head. That
0: they And they, they feel
1: <laughs> good. And I'm like, yeah, no, for me, like, I'm not prioritizing exercise right now. Like, it's just not yeah. – that's not, like, where I'm at in my life. But, like, what I prioritize is, like, actually – those 45 minutes that someone else might use to, like, work out, like, I use to, like, cook dinner, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, like, to me, that's my happy place is, like, making dinner for my family, making sure my family has dinner together every night. So it's, like, to me, that's how I bucket that into all because, like, that's what's important to me. Like, other people, you know, if they don't like to cook and doesn't bring them joy, then, like, that's not in their version of all. And like, great. Good for them. That's like,
0: that's fun. awesome. Absolutely. And honestly, I'm so happy that you were here. I think people have a vision of either you, your family, and just things just look happy and great. And honestly, they probably are a lot of the time, but I appreciate the honesty and just how open you are with everything.
1: Yeah. I mean, they are a lot of the time because I think like you just, I love my family. I love my life. Like I'm grateful for my life. So I I just want to like go out into the world with like a smile on my face, you know, like, and just like, Thank God for all the things that I yeah. have. Um, Healthy children and everything. Yeah, right? and I think, you know, for me, like, I I know how, you know, precious life can be. Like, one of the things that we didn't touch upon, but, like, a lot of people obviously know, you know, like, we lost our dad when we were really mm-hmm. young. And I think one that not only made us, like, super close, but also just made us realize that, like, you know, like, today is a gift. So, like, I'm just going to go out into the world, like, with my best foot forward today, with a smile on my face and treat people with respect and bring good vibes because yep. like why wouldn't I you know so like I feel like maybe you and obviously you see that on my social media just like I live a, I live as happy a life as I can because like I choose to be a happy person I choose to look at the positive side of things you know it's that old adage where is that the word adage ad, whatever <laughs> you know like my I look at my cup as half full. Like, yep. I just don't look at it as half empty. Yep. I think way back when I probably did. Yep. But as I've gotten older, I've just become this person that's really, like, aware of just how precious everything is. Mm-hmm. And just to, it's all about the vibes. Like, just good vibes, good juju. I'm into really good juju. And, like, in order to be into that, like, you actually have to have good juju yourself. So that's what i, I agree. Try to do.
0: Happy people attract happy people. And 100%. I am always smiling with, you know, might not always be perfect, but everything you just said. I'm really excited for everyone to listen and thank you so much for coming on. Thank
1: you for having me.
0: Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to visit Talking With Tata on Instagram and on Facebook.